The question is uh, tied into what we're going to read this morning, but it's also a way for us to kind of break up that awkward silence when the basket is going around the room and, you know, do I look at the person next to me when I pass the basket or, you know, that, it's just to get us in conversation. It's a, it's a question that Mark answers for us. So what Jesus came to do. I wish that we had the time that we could just go around the room and I could hear from every conversation, but I'm going to guess that some of the answers to the question would be that Jesus came to reveal God to us. No one has ever seen God at any time. God came into the neighborhood. Some of us might say, well, it he came to demonstrate God's love. He came to forgive our sins. He came to heal disease. He came to overcome evil. He came to fulfill prophecy. He came to teach us to fish. He came to overcome death by resurrection. And you could go on and on and on and on. I mean, it's like Jesus came to do a lot. But what did Mark tell us Jesus came to do? And really, ultimately, what did Jesus tell us that he came to do? So just coming out, what did Jesus teach us that he came to do? Not, none of these are wrong. But if we were to sit down with Jesus and ask him, well, what did you come to do? How would he answer that question? So look, if you would, in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 29 and going through 39. As soon as Jesus, Peter, his brother Andrew, James, and John... The first four followers of Jesus, as soon as they walked out of the synagogue in Capernaum on a Saturday, a Sabbath, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. And he came, he took her by the hand, he lifted her up, the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Jesus came heal the sick. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons. And the whole city, the city of Capernaum, north shore of the Sea of Galilee, that whole city was gathered around the door of Simon Peter's home, Andrew's home, the mother that just got healed. The whole city is there. Can you imagine? I mean, we're going to have the rec center of New Braunfels right there. What if the whole city of New Braunfels was gathered right there? Just imagine that. And Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases. He cast out demons. He would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. But he didn't want them divulging who he was because he didn't want their endorsement. So Jesus came to heal the sick. Jesus came to cast out demons. And then in the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up. He went out into a deserted place. He probably went up the hill from Capernaum. So the hilly place there, and you can look out over the Sea of Galilee. And there he prayed. He spent, it spent time with his dad. And Simon and his companions hunted him down. It just They probably were panicking. You know, golly, he just... I mean, the guy, the guy that just did this thing in our city, where'd he go? You know, they found him. They said, everyone's looking for you. Everyone's searching for you. And he answered, 
We've got to change the direction of this thing. Let's go on to the neighboring towns so that we may proclaim the message. Proclaim the message in those towns too. For that is what I came out to do. That is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues, teaching, healing, casting out demons, but it's all connected to what? What did Jesus come to do? I came to proclaim this message. That message, another way to say that, that proclamation spread the story widely. That's why it's not just in one city. We've got to go to all the cities. This message needs to be told all over Galilee. And then he's going to move on down all over Judea. And then he's going to go all over the world. And in, in, in it's a, just the seed of that, the, the most succinct form is, the message is this. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent means change your mind about the time. Change your mind about the kingdom and the arrival of the kingdom. Believe. Believe that what I'm telling you is really good news for the whole world, for all of humanity. Another way to say it, the proclaiming of the message is the heralding of the the arrival of a king and his kingdom. We don't use that word herald, but just picture. And in comes the king, right? It's also the announcement of the arrival of the kingdom of God on the earth. The arrival of the kingdom of God on the earth. No longer God removed in the heavenlies. God is now back on the earth. Another way to say that it's the direct rule of God. God directly ruling. That's arrived on the earth with the coming of Messiah slash meaning king. The king who rules on the earth has arrived. Again, just contrasting that with what's going on in history, the rule of God, it's no longer going to be through a judge. Go back in the Old Testament. It's not going to be a judge. It's not going to be the prophets. It's not, even, it's not going to be an earthly king. It's not going to be the indirect rule of God mediated through people. It's going to be the direct rule of God on the earth by his appointed king, Jesus. It's no longer going to be through one nation. That nation, Israel, that that nation's not written off. But that nation didn't quite fulfill what God expected it to do. Rather than inviting the nations into the rule of God, they excluded the nations and held on to the king of God, the rule of God as if it's their, their thing. It's no longer going to be through the law. As good as the law is, the law is good. We, hu- humans, we're the problem. It's not, 
The rule of God's not going to be through the law. Another way to say it, it's not going to be through the old covenant. The old covenant is over. We can learn from the history. There are principles that come down through it. Jesus tells us about fulfillment. I mean, that's all great stuff. But we're not celebrating the Jewish New Year today. Even though it's that season. God bless those that are. But God bless them with the knowledge of Jesus, their Messiah. I didn't have enough room. I have to go to the next slide. Because there's more. Proclaiming this message also means it's the announcement of the beginning of the end of the earthly rule of rebellious humanity. Now, if that is not good news in this year, I don't know what's going to be good news. I mean, what we're, what we're witnessing in the degradation of our government, God's saying, I've had enough of that. And, the, and it's not, it's, I, I mean, I, yes, would I like things to be better in the government? Sure. But is the government of the United States ever going to be the kingdom of God? No. So the good news is God's kingdom has arrived and it's really put the beginning of the end of every earthly rule by rebellious humanity. Again, the problem is with us. Give us some power. Give us some wealth. And we're, we don't handle that very well. Another way to say that, this is... The proclaiming of the message that Jesus is... It's the beginning of the end of this present age. The Bible divides history into this present age and the age to come. Jesus shows up and says, This is the beginning of the end of this present age. It's coming to an end. A more positive way to say that is, This is the beginning of the age to come. The Messianic age is beginning... Then another way that just makes my head spin, and I hope it does all of us, it's the arrival of the future in the present. Proclaim the message. Proclaim the message. And we we ought to talk about proclaim the message and what that means because it's it's not easy to get a, it's not easy to get a handle on that. And then the question really becomes, well, then how did Jesus make that announcement? And the how-tos are, he did it through teaching. He did it through healing. He did it through the rebuking of evil spirits. Those are the ways that he demonstrated the arrival of the rule of God in the earth. As far as healing, he did that. Privately, he did that publicly. The picture there is in Capernaum. You're looking down the altar of the church over the home of Simon and Andrew. (laughs) It's really cool. In all likelihood, that's where it happened, right there. But notice, Jesus left the synagogue to go into the house of Simon and Peter where he healed Simon's mother-in-law. But what was he doing at the synagogue? He was teaching. What was he teaching about? He was teaching about the arrival of the kingdom of God. 
Within Judaism, the kingdom of God was not a new concept. But the way it was happening is new. Jesus spent a lot of time explaining. No, not later, now. No, not through the old covenant, through a new covenant. No, it's not about getting rid of the Romans. It's about the Romans coming under the rule of God. I'm the Messiah. I, I need to explain that. I, and it's going to take me a long time to explain that. As a matter of fact, some of you are not going to even understand that. And then you start adding into that. And then there's this other thing that's going to happen. I'm going to be the atonement for humanity's sins, so I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised again. And they're scratching their head. Go, what are you? Yeah, we, I mean, there's going, yeah, we know there's going to be a resurrection, but that's later. No, he said, no, that's not going to be later. It's going to be now. So, my friends, sometimes. <laughs> We really take for granted these concepts that we talk about and we don't really realize how absolutely profound. This is incredible. What Jesus is announcing in his arrival is incredible. And it remains incredible. It remains earth-shaking. It is transforming our world even when our world does not look like it's transforming. So Jesus has announced in the synagogue, he's taught in the synagogue, he said, the kingdom of God is arriving. I'm the king, I'm here, I'm Messiah. And then he walks into Peter and Andrew's home. Hey, our mom-in-law is sick. And Jesus says, well, you know, I was just teaching about what happens when the kingdom arrives. So I'm going to take her by the hand and I'm going to demonstrate the reality of God's rule on the earth. Get up. And the fever's gone. That demonstrates the validity of his announcement. Healing validates the arrival of the kingdom of God. It shows the mercy of God. shows the compassion of God. But more than that, it shows the arrival of the kingdom of God. God really is taking charge. She's healed and she begins to serve. What a statement. And it might be something that we all hold on to. As Noel has taught, well, yeah, we, we really believe that all of us needs to, we need to find a place of service. That's really, that's the way we, we just live out our faith. And if there's something that keeps us from that, there's probably something that needs to be healed in us. You know, we might not want to sign up for a ministry team because, well, you know, I know more than anybody else, you know, I, you know, I'm just, I, you know, I'm probably going to be in charge. They, and, you know, they might not recognize me for being in charge. Well, I would say that kind of thinking is something that's going on in the heart. We ought to talk about that. But more often we say, oh, yeah, it's like the, or I don't know. I don't think I can do that. I don't, I don't, I'm not good enough to do that. Well, that's got to be, come on. That needs to be healed, too. So we get on and serve. We live life in the fullness. Healing needs to happen. The kingdom is here. Then we move on from a home. Again, just because I've stood on those streets and around those ruins in Capernaum and just thinking, man, I mean, it's a small town, but still, the whole city, the whole city gathers around the front door of Simon and Andrew's home 
And then Jesus just begins to cure people of their sicknesses. And those that are being oppressed by demonic spirits, he's telling those spirits to be quiet and get out. I mean, I, I, can you, I can't even, it's just beyond my imagination in some ways. So healing and rebuking, and why? It's because the kingdom is here. God's rule is here. God's in charge here. Sickness is no longer in charge here. Darkness is no longer in charge here. God's in charge here. There's health. There's wholeness. There's life. God's in charge. The message is true. I'm demonstrating it. I mean, that's incredible. And then we find Jesus in a time of reflection the next morning. And quite, 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 I'm just being really literal with the words. Jesus, when the disciples find him, he says, we, we got to go in a different direction. I think the temptation would be, hey, let's keep it up. Let's get a bigger tent. We're having a revival in Capernaum. And Jesus, in time with his dad, his dad just, hey, Jesus, that was great. Hey, G- Jesus, you did a great job announcing my kingdom. You did a great job teaching what I'm trying to communicate in a world that is just not getting it. You did a great job. You know, you relied upon the Holy Spirit who empowered you to heal the sick. You were sensitive. You, 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 rec- you know, discerned demons. You dealt with the demons. You know, but you got you to gotta move on. Yeah, you, you have announced the kingdom's arrival in Capernaum, but you got to go right through the straits on it up into the high country of Galilee, and you got to keep doing it. At the small, and he uses a word, the smallest little villages you can find in Galilee. You got to keep going because your purpose, your purpose, Jesus, is to announce the arrival of my kingdom on the earth, the beginning of the change of human history. So what are we going to do with that, community? See, I'm not a believer, you know, just celebrating what Jesus did. I think that what Jesus did is the platform for you and I to learn what we are to continue doing. We are the continuation of Jesus' ministry on the earth. We're not celebrating what Jesus did and anticipating Jesus' return and living in the middle just going to meetings. Do you hear me? I mean, this is one of my favorite parts of being part of the the Vineyard Movement. The founder of the the movement, John Wimber, I mean, saved in Las Vegas as a member of the Righteous Brothers, a, a professional musician. Four in the morning, he finally says yes to Jesus. His marriage has fallen apart. You know, life is not going well for him, but he comes to faith in Jesus. And he begins to read about Jesus in the New Testament. Probably started reading Mark because it's short. So he walks in the church. First morning, walks smoking into the north X of the church, you know, the four. So I said, John, no one else is smoking. Oh. <laughs> so they're walking down. 
you know, walking into the room. Well, damn, this is really... Said, John, I don't think you're supposed to cuss here. <laughs> well, how the hell? I'm not cussing. <laughs> it's great. It's, you got to listen. I got I got to play this for you sometime. So then John's a professional musician. And he's thinking, this lady steps up and she starts saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer this to Jesus. And she starts singing and he's looking at the notes and listening. He goes... I think Jesus is saying, no, stop. <laughs> it's hilarious. It just goes on. So then, you know, this guy gets up. He's <coughs> going to read the scripture. So he starts reading. His voice changes. He leans over to Carol. His wife says, well, that's really nice. They, they have people with speech impediments reading the scripture. He's reading the King James Version of the Bible. <laughs> He called that the King James Virgin when he went looking for a Bible. Last one. The pastor, you know, the pastor just, you know, welcoming everybody and says, well, now I'm going to pray. And so he bows his head to pray. God! That prayer language. And John just, but what in the world is that? That's John's first morning at a church. Four generations removed from the church. But when it's all said and done, he went up, to the, went up to the pastor through all of that and said, when are we going to do the stuff? Pat said, what do you mean, do the stuff? Well, do the stuff that Jesus did. Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm reading, I'm reading, let's just say more, I'm reading Mark. And Jesus is, I mean, there was good teaching today, but then Jesus started doing stuff like people were healed. And demons were, when are we going to do the stuff? Pastor's response, oh, oh, oh. We believe that Jesus did that stuff, but we don't do that stuff. And John, he had this sense of disappointment. He said, you don't do that stuff. When I belonged to the devil, he let me do the stuff. Why don't you do the stuff? That's the beginning of the vineyard movement. Is somebody that had the audacity to say, we've got to do the stuff of Jesus. We need to be about announcing the message of the kingdom's arrival in our day. It's, it's not, it hasn't stopped arriving. The train hasn't stopped. N.T. Wright describes the arrival of the you know, train coming into, if you've ever been to England, the train's coming into the station, you know, it's coming. Well, that's the kingdom's arriving. The kingdom hasn't stopped arriving. It's not here yet, but it's coming. You can feel the tracks rattling. You can hear it. Woo, woo, woo. We got to keep proclaiming the arrival of the kingdom. And my friends, we've got to continue to believe as we announce the arrival of the kingdom, as we announce the king, as we surrender our lives to the rule of the king. We have got to believe that through us ordinary people, he wants to demonstrate the reality of the kingdom. He wants to heal the sick. He wants to expose evil. He wants to silence evil spirits. He wants to set people free. And he's going to do that through us. Now we're going to stumble and fall a lot. I mean, we're going to try and it's not going to work. You know, we're going to try and try. I've been a friend of the vineyard since 1989. 
seeking to do the stuff when it seems appropriate. It doesn't always work or it doesn't seem like it does. But I'm not going to stop because of the proclamation. Not because the sick aren't healed or the demons don't go away. It's the proclamation hasn't changed. The kingdom is arriving. We live in a new day. And from a biblical perspective, it's going from better to better, not better to worse. But if we lose sight of our king, if we lose sight of the kingdom, and we just fall into the trap of what's going on circumstantially around us, we're going to join the band of people that are following Jesus that are cloistering themselves and saying, Oh, man, I just can't wait for Jesus to come back and get us. It's got to be soon. It's got to be soon. Well, folks, <laughs> we're the change agents in our world. And so if we are cutting ourselves off from engagement with the culture around us, yeah, our world's going to stay a mess. But if you and I do what Jesus did, then wherever we go, we're announcing his kingdom. We're living under the kingship of Jesus. And we're saying, you know, I don't really, yeah, circumstances are bad. Sometimes that makes me really mad. It makes me really sad. But you know what? Even in all of that, there's, there remains good news. And humanity is on a path towards renewal, not decline. And you and I are the people that bear that message. If we're not experiencing that message, we cannot bear it. We can't herald that message. We can't deliver that message. So my job, you know, maybe somebody's going to get tired of me talking about the kingdom of God. But I can't stop talking about it because I think it's the very heart of who we are. And if we're not delivering that message to our generation, then we're not doing what Jesus would have us to do. We're doing church. We're being faithful. We're being good folk. But we're not bringing the impact of the good news into our world. So could we stand together? And could we commit ourselves? Could we just say, you know, Jesus, I don't know how, I don't know how to do this. It's all, it always helps me to start like, to be honest with God. How do we do this? Jesus, how do we? How do we announce your message to our generation? And it's, it's great to start with, ah, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know how to do that effectively. So, Holy Spirit, would you teach us? That's the kind of prayer I want to pray. Is that, is that okay? Can we do that together? Father, we stand before you and we really marvel with this statement, the time is finished. The time is completed. 
The time is fulfilled. The time of our rebellion against your rule is over. You have sent Jesus to bring an end to our rebellion. Your kingdom rule, your rule, which has been forever and ever and ever in the heavenlies, in the place where you abide, that rule has descended upon the earth. Jesus has initiated your rule on this planet. Your kingdom is near. Holy Spirit, I invite you to change our minds about the times that we live in. I invite you to change our mind about what the kingdom of God is. I invite you to change our mind about Jesus, our King. I ask you to teach us what we need to know so that we can follow in the footsteps of Jesus and be the continuation of his ministry on the earth throughout this lifetime. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you give to us as a community of people following Jesus the gift of faith to believe that this is good news. We have the best news that's been delivered. And we're simply meant, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to deliver that message to our neighbors and the nations. Let us believe. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. Empower us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We invite you to heal the sick through us. We invite you to expose evil spirits and silence them and cast them out as we follow in your footsteps. And we ask you to teach us how to announce your kingdom come and coming to our city and to our world. And we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So God bless you. The only way that this works is that we actually go out and do it. Again, I don't know how to do this. In the morning, wherever you go, say, how do I do this today where I'm going? Let him show you. And then let's come back and share stories. This is what happened. So God bless. Thank you for our time together. Amen.